You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse, and I'm back with my co-host, JC from the OVT. What it do? What it do? What's going on? What's going on? Um, how, how you feeling? I'm feeling. Doing good. <laughs> Happy Friday Eve, brother. What's going on? Happy Friday Eve. Happy 420 to everybody that's partaking except for me. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I've, I've been gave up the habit long, many, many, many moons ago. It's not for me. Gave up the habit. It wasn't by choice. I would be high right now. It wasn't from <laughs> a job. All right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Tap in, tap in. Make sure you come through and share the stream. Uh, to be honest, I didn't even realize today was 420. Um, I know that's such a super big deal. Um on the West Coast, like I've never seen it celebrated as such, except for when I'm at home. So shout out to everybody participating. I don't even I mean, what makes it a what makes it a holiday? Do you know? Um, well, technically, a holiday is just something like when a bunch of people believe in one thing and decide to make it. So that's just belief. So I would say that people were like, hey, let's get high on this day <laughs> to celebrate weed. And I a bunch of other people were like, else. you're right. Say what? I said I thought it was something else, but you know, th- there could never be a day where it's like let's let's celebrate cocaine. <laughs> let's celebrate. Hopefully, there will never be a day when that happens. Let's celebrate <laughs> oxy. <laughs> uh, already has that day. Um, I don't. I don't know. I guess Mondays is let's celebrate cocaine day for LA. I just yeah, you know you know, you know, you know. every day every day. <laughs> Uh, tap in if you if, um okay Emily's tapping in she's saying I thought 420 was the police code for weed or something I don't know Cuddy you might know Cuddy's in the back working hard for us producing um Cuddy would definitely Cuddy. know Cuddy if you know just tap in on the comments let us know let us know um but anyway let's go ahead and move into our show again please share the stream we're so glad to have you guys here supporting us every Thursday um on this and you know we really need you guys to support share the stream tap in make some donations to converge because we are a independent media company um you know we want we want to stay on air we want to keep bringing these topics to you so make sure you guys pull up support us have a friend tap in uh man jc (laughs) a lot of killing going on it's a lot of gun violence going on it's a lot of death happening in these streets um when i just when i was putting topics together bro i really was like dang there's a lot of sad stories like i was looking for some more stuff that was like kind of upbeat and i was like man the news cycle is just saturated with like tragedy um so not to damper the mood or anything but i i do have a few topics swindled in here that you know aren't such high topics but one of which that i could not look past um are is from these two alabama teenagers um they both they were prom dates um samuel brown jr and madison sims they died early early saturday morning they went to prom on friday night um in their tesla it was four passengers in the car 
and they collided with a semi truck and passed on prom night. This is like taking over black Twitter, um, all the blogs, you guys. And I really just brought it in here so that we could honor this, these young people, um, I think 18 and 19 years old, their city has turned out, turned out, but it's made national airways. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure we just sent out, you know, a remembrance of them and take a moment of silence because that's just such a big deal. So we're going to take a small moment of silence um, in remembrance of them. Ashe. Um, so really nothing much to touch on that. I mean, unless you want to tap in and say something about that, JC, if not, we're going to move on. Um, I just, they were actually 17 and 18, not oh, 18 and 19. Okay. Um, and I just, I ain't gonna lie, I seen that. I was like, God damn it, girl, why you put that in here? Um, <laughs> I know, I know, but I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to. It hurt my heart, it hurt my heart. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And we don't, and we don't know what happened yet. They're still doing the investigation. So I will reserve some of the things that, I think I was going to say, because I, I'm just relating my own prom experience. So I'll, I'll hold some of those things back. Um, what's really important is just that, you know, we lost we lost two babies. Because I mean, 17 to 18, y'all like wrong. No, they're babies. <laughs> they're babies. Yeah. yeah. So adults. hold your kids tight, man. Hold your kids tight. Um, a Texas federal judge ruled on Friday evening to suspend the FDA's approval of my uh, mufaprestine. Mef- I still can't mef- say it. That's right. You know, I even had to pronounce it. I and I was like, I'm gonna fumble this, but the abortion pill drug, um, one of the two drugs that's used together to cause an abortion. Um, virtually banning the sale of these pills across the country. Uh, the decision, however, will not take effect for a week. Um, and of course, they're giving it to the high courts time to consider. And the Biden administration has submitted an appeal for this. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Banning the abortion pill, Texas strikes again. So I have two thoughts. Uh, number one, I don't understand, and I was going to ask you to use your legalese to figure this out. I don't understand how something can be, like how one state can ban something for the entire country, and then how another judge in another state in a lower circuit allow it i'm that the legal the legal the legalities of it confuse me like i don't understand that and then the second thing i was going to say is i don't know if anybody is watching the power on um amazon prime but this is basically yeah um the, the power is basically this uh but on steroids it's just like a bunch of all the, the female population um the female sex gets electric abilities and there's a whole backlash because with these with these abilities uh females become the new dominant sex and so there's a whole backlash from men and people that want to control women and women's bodies around this so it's very it's just kind of interesting that you put this topic and i'm deep into that show um, so i will say that but please that's, that's, a, rabbit, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole I'm like, yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole. Like when you put it up there, I said, oh, they was literally just talking about this on the show last night. So, yes. But please explain the legalese of it all. because I don't get it. 
Um, well, I can't say that I can totally unravel all of the legal um, things here, but it is in federal court. And this judge was appointed by a former president of Donald Trump. Um, and so the Department of Justice is kind of where all of this goes. And it, there's there's a bunch of different circuit courts. This judge just so happens to be out of Texas. Um, the thing is, I was under the impression that this law only took place in the state of Texas. Right? Texas so, it's right. not, it's, so it's not necessarily banning it nationwide. So Texas would only be affected uh, should this kick in. And really, if you notice, this is them just suspending the FDA's approval, right? So that's kind of a loophole in this situation. So they're, they're attacking the FDA's approval in order to ban the drug. So they found a very small loophole um, in order to pull it off the market. So I think essentially they're saying that this drug is no longer FDA approved, which means it's no longer safe for consumption or something like that. So it could be like okay. banning Tylenol in the state of Texas. They're removing the, the FDA approval on Tylenol, right? Or, or okay. ibuprofen, or, or, if you will. Um, I think it's interesting that the Biden administration is fighting back um, and they're fighting back um, in terms of filing an appeal, right? Because anybody can file an appeal, right? Anyone can file an appeal to say like, we don't, we're, we're you know, t let's take this to the higher court. So any judge, you can always take it to the next court to say, we don't, we, uh, we disagree uh, with this law. We disagree with your ruling, rather, not this law. We disagree with your ruling. So we're going to take it to the higher court to see if they can overturn your ruling. I think that the appeal will be processed and considered um, and, and essentially be finalized uh, for people to continue to have access uh, to the abor abortion pill drug. My main issue with this, though, is that this is not going to stop people from having abortions. Essentially, it never does. It never does. It's just going to stop them from having safe access to abortions. And I think it also puts us in a place where women or birthing people are then now placed into a situation where if they're past the 10 or 11 week mark of their pregnancy, that they now, you know, they don't have access to this pill where they can have a safe and 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 um, very uh, non-intrusive right. abortion, right? They can relatively, yeah, relatively safe. Yeah, right, it's yeah. safe and 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 I think probably I would say like kind of like less traumatic, right? Like you're not having to deal with any machines. Um, you know, the the fetus is, you know, 11 weeks and uh, younger. And so this, you know, it kind of like takes the edge off, if you will. So anything like past the 12 week mark, I mean, it's like you're if you don't have immediate access to this in your home state, you're going to have to either one pay more money to travel outside of the state to get access to that. And then that begs the question of like, can I financially afford to travel and purchase this pill? Um, can I financially afford to go out of state if my insurance doesn't cover this? Um, I mean, there's just so many other caveats to consider. And I think that is 
essentially what these judges are trying to do. They're they're blocking this saying, well, if we block this and they don't have access, then they're just going to keep these babies. But then what's the ramifications for that? You keep a baby that you don't want? I think it's um, so and you answered my question in a roundabout way because it's like when I read the article, it said it would effectively ban it in America. And then when you what you what you said was if you pull the FDA approval, nobody can use it. Right. And so that's the loophole to it, because I was like, hold on, how does Texas ban everything? OK, so you pull the it's FDA, approval, which which pulls it from the market in general. So that's there you go. That, I mean, listen, if Republicans cared about children and people as much as they cared about um, unborn fetuses and guns, my God, if they put as much time it's a these loopholes for people. I just somebody said um somebody said I can't remember what I was watching, but they were like, it's disturbing when your party's whole premise is how can I hurt people that don't look like me? Mm. Like how can I creatively do something to negatively impact anyone that does not appear that I do like. And I, and I when I heard that, it made me think about it in a different way that I don't think I, I have before, because it's like literally the Republicans whole jazz right now. It's like, how can I negatively impact, make life miserable, um, downright inhospitable in this country for anyone who doesn't look like me? And I was just like, wow. And that's. You know, and again, it's and again, it's all white men that are having like who who are taking taking on these these uh taking on these appeals these uh these decisions making all these decisions it's it's i don't know it's ridiculous i mean i hope that this appeal, um i hope the biden administration wins this appeal and overturns this ruling um but damn, it's like it's crazy because it you know for a judge you're supposed to be benched and be unbiased, but that's literally not human. Like that's very biased division. That's a every, very every judge it comes in with their inherent biases. Like there's just no way to say that. Like they're supposed to be a neutral party and rule against the law, but again, that's just not human. Additionally, um, I read an article that said that this particular judge lied to Congress. Um, or oh, it was more of like omission of the truth and did not mention that he had been on a Christian based podcast and had kind of all of these negative things to say about uh, the gay community and all these other ideas that he had around Christianity. So it makes sense that he's a conservative judge and does not believe um, in abortion. Um, and, you know, sprinkle it in there that he feels some type of way about the gays. So there you have it. I mean, a white man lie in Congress? <laughs> Florals and spring? Like, what are we oh my doing? My God. We never heard it before. <laughs> uh, Emily, Emily said it makes me so sad to think a state line is one between life and death. And that's for sure. It's an, an imaginary line affects real life. And I think that that's that's you know that's that's where we're at right now. Yeah, man. 
Uh, well, charges have been dropped against Alec Baldwin in the Rust movie set. Uh, that was uh, what prosecutors said. Prosecutors in New Mexico plan to drop the involuntary manslaughter charges against him in that fatal 2021 shooting of a cinematographer on the set of his Western film Rust. Um, they're actually getting ready to kick back off and start the production of the movie again. Um, the filming of the movie, movie, if you will. Um, and his lawyers say we are pleased with the decision, to, or excuse me, not his, or yeah, his attorneys say we are pleased with the decision to dismiss the case against Baldwin. And we encourage a proper investigation into the facts and circumstances of this tragic accident. Um, this was such a sad story because Alex Baldwin is the executive producer and essentially what they're saying is that he well, he was the one who did pull the trigger and he was pointing the pitch, the pistol at Hutchins, who uh, was the cinematographer who's actually rolling the film, uh, rolling the, uh, the, the camera, watching him shoot at her. Um, right. and, and it's like this whole rehearsal and she shoots, he shoots her and kills her. Um, the, the gun, he says, went off accidentally. The FBI forensic report found that the gun that sorry found that the weapon could not have fired unless the trigger was pulled so he did pull it um but i mean this was an accident at the end of the day and i think what they were trying to allege is that there was like the checks and balances to say whether it was loaded or not loaded were not there and they skipped out on all of the <coughs> that needed to be in place because they were being cheap in the movie so in at, what i can say is is i am I hope that the family of the cinematographer feels like justice in a sense has been served and they somehow feel like this tragedy is okay. I don't think Alec Baldwin intentionally meant to shoot and kill her maliciously or not. Do I feel like he may have cut corners on the movie set? Yeah, I do feel like that. Um, I just think that, you know, this is Hollywood. I'm sure the family has been compensated for this loss in some way. Um, I don't know that to be fact. I'm just stating my theory on this. So this is alleged, um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think he should be going to jail for this. I don't think they should run this through the court. I think this is kind of something that was settled out of closed doors because clearly he didn't mean to kill. He didn't mean to kill her. I was, um, I was, cause I was actually trying to do a little, uh, research because I couldn't figure out if Alec Baldwin had any um like involvement past being talent in the movie. Like, was he involved in? He's the executive producer. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm just because I just my thoughts are a horrible thing happened. Um, but I don't know if you could blame the the person that like I don't you know Alec is an actor, and so you have a gun that's not supposed to be live, right? And if you're acting, you're practicing essentially, so that way you get it right. So as an actor who's practicing a scene, it makes sense that I would pull the trigger to a gun that's not supposed to be loaded. You understand what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. I feel bad for the family and for everything that happened, but I don't think that's kind of like, you know, uh, I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who had a horrible, horrible accident skating. 
Mm. Um, like he literally mm. broke his neck. Um, and thankfully he's good. Um, and well, as good as can be, he can walk. It's not a fracture or a break in the way that paralyzed him. Right. Okay. But that would be like him suing the skating rink or suing the company that made the skates because he decided to perform a move. Yeah. And in the, in the, in the, in the, in the doing of that move, something had like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yeah. Like it doesn't. Yeah. So the, safe, the safety coordinator in, on the movie set pled no contest and got six months probation. And then the movie, the move, I guess like whatever safety inspection the investigators did on this, the, the company ended up having to pay a hundred thousand dollar fine. So, I mean, essentially, I think they found some complaints and some errors and, you know, it is what it is. They moving on and they're continuing the movie, which is like. I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah uh, Emily said, I would think the armor is responsible for making sure no live rounds were, were, were on set. I would agree. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because there are supposed to be safety checks in place to make sure that these guns are not live. That, you know, when I pull the trigger while we're filming to kill somebody and pretend I'm not actually killing somebody in real life, right? And, and it's like, how do you... I, I can't blame the actor for using a gun that's supposed to be safe or for using a prop or what they think is a prop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't blame the actor for doing their job. Um, kind of a situation. That's where I land. Um, well, there's that. Um, let's move on to our next story. This is a crazy, crazy story. And you know, the prison wife and me had to bring it to the forefront, y'all. Um, the family of LaShawn Thompson, he's a 35-year-old um, male. Uh, the family of LaShawn Thompson, Thompson excuse me, is, seeking criminal, is seeking a criminal investigation after their loved one died in Atlanta's Fulton County Jail. JC, do you know about that? Um, he was literally eaten alive by insects and bedbugs. He was in. Um, he was arrested back in June on June twelfth of last year on a simple misdemeanor battery charge, uh, allegedly uh, or excuse me, not allegedly, but it was reported by authorities that he was moved into a psychiatric wing for unspec unspecified mental health issues. So he's in this bug-ridden cell, this filthy jail cell, and officers are not taking care of him while he's in this condition. So let's, I want to show you uh, LaShawn. Let's go ahead and show him first. This is, this is who we're talking about. Okay. So this is uh, LaShawn Thompson. He was arrested. He wasn't even there a year. So he, he's, he had some type of mental health crisis. He's now in the mental health unit. Let's take a look at his cell. This is the condition of his cell. Um, filth, bed bugs, feces, urine. Um, and this is his body. Ridden in bed bugs. I mean, the if you looked at his previous picture, I mean, he's lost at least 60 pounds. Let's show me, Sean, show me um, him healthy really quick. I mean, this is a big guy. 
this is a big guy. He's got to be 180, 200 pounds in this picture. And then let's see his body. I'm saying this is abuse of the highest magnitude, you guys. Um, And so Colin Kaepernick, if you guys remember, we talked about him opening up an agency where that uh, where he's supporting Ben Crump. Um, He's going to independently fund the autopsy for uh, the Thompson family to assist in the investigation for uh, LaShawn Thompson. This is crazy, you guys. Right now, uh, the county jail is saying their autopsy is ruled undetermined. But you're looking at that body. Those black dots, those are bed bugs. So this young man who's in the custody and care of Atlanta, Atlanta's Fulton County Jail, this blood is on their hands. How is it that this infestation of bed bugs is all over his body? At some point, they should have transferred him outside of the jail in order to make, um, in order to get him better. So JC, tap in. I mean, what are your thoughts here? What are your initial thoughts here? Um, so once again, you pulled a story that I can personally relate to because I was recently this month, I was inside of a hotel and uh, I was pulling back them sheets. Mm. Lo and behold, a whole bit bug. Um, like, you know, and, you know, it's something that I tell people all the time, like, you know, ain't no just jumping into bed. Like you, you're supposed to rip the sheets back. You're supposed to put like you're, you're, you're supposed to check everything in a hotel. Like, you know, just I don't. There is a 20 to 30 minute process I use before I I put anything, including myself, on anything in that hotel room. Right. Like, including Lysol. Like, I, I, I just don't play. Like, we just, I, I was raised that way. My aunties, my mama, my grandmama, that's what we do. Um, and so when I saw this, I just was like, oh, wow, that's disgusting. Because I, I was really hoping you weren't going to show the picture. Of oh, I, I held, yeah, I held back. I held back. Yeah, because I was like, that is out of control. That is um, that is crazy. Um, and I know when I read it, they were saying two things stood out. One, um, he appeared to be mentally ill, um, and he had been deteriorating inside of police custody. So mm-hmm. I just I have questions as to how long he was actually there because it's like if you were booked, how long he was in. How long he was there um, in in the psychiatric ward? Right, like I'm just I'm, I have questions around due process. That's my thing. But also, in due process is the time that um, the state can legally hold you without trial or any of you know hearing or any of that. Um, because there's a difference in between booking and between trial and between all of these things. So that's what due process is. So I have questions surrounding due process, but also, you know. The it, it said that the guards were aware of his condition and aware of him deteriorating and they did nothing. And so yeah. when they found him dead, apparently uh, one of the attending guards did not want to perform CPR on him. And I'm like, I wouldn't touch that body either. Like, you know what I'm saying? If that yeah. body looked like that when I, if I I'm not. I'm not getting mouth like, to mouth. Hell no. Like, and, hell and, that, no. and that brings, I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. And so the, right. the the line item that we're both talking about is that failure to act in a reasonable amount of time. 
bed right. bugs, the infestation of bed bugs is like, you know, immediately. Right. And, but if someone is having a mental health crisis and you're just neglecting them and keeping them locked in a cell and they're having, you know, I guess I'm just saying like, what's in place, right? Right. Are you right. just keeping them in a cage and letting them experience, you know, you know, uh, th their manic state, whatever they're kind of going through? Because clearly this man is not well. And so at what point do you say, listen, we don't have the capacity or the wherewithal to take care of this individual here in the prison. We need to transfer him out for real medical attention. Right. He did not. I mean, you don't die overnight from bed bugs. You don't die overnight from. I mean, are you feeding? I mean, you can tell he was clearly neglected for a long period of time. Right. He was deteriorating De to deteriorate means that there is a there is time in which that is kind of unfolding. He lost a significant amount of weight. Um. I mean, the bed bugs are all over his face, in his mouth, on his neck, deeply embedded into his skin. The condition of the cell alone is alarming. And I don't understand what the protocol here is, but this is blood on Fulton County Jail. Um, I, I need to hear from Fulton County to see what, what what's to be said. Um, right now they have 3,600 inmates. It's increased by 1,400 over the last four years and they're over capacity. I know one thing, uh, Rodney used to tell me all the time. He was like, if you get shipped to Atlanta, baby, that's not where you want to be. The conditions in Atlanta, like they have no control over their facilities, whether it be a local, uh, jail in this case, or, um, the, or their federal, their jail over there. So I know someone who used to work at um, Atlanta uh, prison. So, yeah, that was an interesting. Yeah, I would hear things. He he would tell me stories. Uh, so, yeah, and that prison is currently operating at less than like 25 percent capacity or something like that. Um, and there are some. Well, I don't I don't know how much I can speak. So I'm going to shut up. But um, yeah, like so. The Fulton County Jail, and I'll close it here, asked for and received $27 million to, of, 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 to, be in, to renew their contract for physical and mental health service, services for inmates. They then went back and then asked for an additional, additional $6 million to address employee retention, overtime, and overtime. Where that money at? Where? This is why when, when your city hall, when your council members or your commissioners or whoever they are, when they sit down and they divvy out that money, that citywide money, you have to be there to take action and advocate. Where are like people protesting in the streets? Bravo. People protesting at City Hall in numbers and testifying and saying, I have a loved one who's in the Fulton County Jail and this is their experience. I was in the Fulton County Jail and this was my experience. I worked for Fulton County Jail and this is my experience. I, mm -hmm. I have clients that come out of the Fulton County Jail and this is my experience. And you raise the red flag. 
that $27 million there is oversight for somebody to say, if we give you this, award you this contract, we want to know where did you allocate that money? How was it spent? Who did you I want to know, I want to know out of that 27 million in the oversight committee or those therein, I want to know how many people got bonuses. I want to know how many people got new cars. I want to know who got an office makeover with new furniture. Uh, I want to know that because that, you know, when you follow the money, you're able to see the paper trail. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, who? you want to know where that 27 million at? Who got new cars? Who got bonuses? Who got a spiffy new offices? Who took vacations? Yeah. Uh, they got, they the have, they have to account for that bread. Oh, yeah. I want to oh, yeah. know where is the money that, where's the $27 million that was put in for physical and mental health services at the Fulton County Jail? Where is that $27 million? How much salary did this go to full-time employees? What is the programming that is there? What is the protocol for somebody who has a mental health crisis? Was that protocol taken? I mean, these institutions have protocol, but there has to be someone to provide that oversight in order for them to act or take the money or take the money back, right? And close them down. And that is what the Thompson family is calling for. They're asking for them to close down the Fulton County Jail. But look, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I want to talk to you about the YSL court proceedings. It's getting real ghetto up in there. Stay tuned. So we're watching. Super ghetto. We're watching. <laughs> COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in they talked to our lender and saved our home. Because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots, and this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. It's getting ghetto. And the YSL Rico, uh, the YSL Rico proceedings. Um, this is rapper Young Thug, you guys. Um, we're still talking about that Rico case. I think, listen, it is so ghetto in here. This morning, one of the attorneys was actually arrested um, at the courthouse for battery possession of narcotics and obstruction charges. Um, they found him trying to bring in prescription pills at the security checkpoint that were not in their original container. Um, it stated that he threw uh, a cell phone at one of the captains. 
Um, it's just a hot mess.com. Some one of the attorneys for one of the defendants is even being heard saying no cap. cap. I was like, bro, I said I watched that video and I said, wait, is he a lawyer? Yeah, I had to watch it. We we have the video. <laughs> Rather than me explain everything to you, just watch it yourself. Today, the saga of high profile, high profile YSL RICO case in Fulton County interest forward. The latest hearing wrapping up within the hour. Attorneys for a few of the defendants asked the judge to suppress some evidence, while one asked the judge to let his client out of jail. Fox Five's Rob Dirienzo is live in the studio here. Uh, Rob, what have you found out in court today? Yeah, that's right, Christine. Another long day in court. Another, at times, bizarre hearing here in Fulton County. The defense attorneys tried to get the judge to throw out some of the district attorney's evidence. At one point, one lawyer told the judge that the prosecutor was capping. I'm just saying that it's just not true. It's, it's, it's cap, to be honest. Defendants and their attorneys in the YSL RICO case went back to court Monday. The judge scolded the lawyers for allegedly sneaking their clients' things. I know that you want to be nice and give candy and drinks and use your phone and everything else, but that is not acceptable. So you can be charged with obstruction just like anybody else. Members of the public have also tried to sneak in contraband to the courtroom to hand off to the defendants. I'm not not threatening anybody. I'm not just trying to tell, but you know, just think about your professional obligations as a lawyer, okay? Earlier this month, a judge locked up a potential juror for filming a video in court. Jury selection has dragged on for months, and not one juror has been seated. The purpose of this motion is to get any reference to Mr. Blaylock's prior and wrongful and non-final conviction in this case. The prosecution argued that there was no legal reason to toss it. Simply saying the conviction is wrongful doesn't add anything to the equation. Um, it was said over and over again, but no basis was provided for it. Now, so far, Judge Glanville has held two defense lawyers in contempt of court. One was ordered to buy lunch for his colleagues last month, which he did not do by the judge's deadline. The judge ordered the other to write a 17-page essay on professionalism in the legal field. And at this rate, the one lawyer I spoke to says August could be the very earliest that the jury will be seated. Christine? Little progress. It's this is so good. I... Only can hope that this is all being done on purpose for the purpose of a mistrial. Um, because I, but I just, I mean, but is everyone complicit? Like, I was just like, did the lawyer just say it's cat? Like, how do, like, how do we, he said it how so do we casually. Like, I just, it's, it's cap, your honor, to be honest. I, does I your honor know what, what that word means? He said, quite frankly, I, it's cat. Right. And I said, how, I don't like it here. Um, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> it is a circus freak show, and I stand firm with my boy Harry Jefferson that says this has got to be the the avenue to a mistrial. They have no jurors. Nobody. You can't talk about YSL in Fulton County. There is no room for a. There's no room. Everyone knows Young Thug that's coming in this courtroom yeah. to the point where they're sneaking in cell phones to get recordings so that they can walk out and sell the footage. Right. Jurors are going to jail. 
defense attorneys are going to jail. They're sneaking stuff in the courtroom. One of the defendants got caught with a, a sizable amount of marijuana coming into the courtroom. People are sneaking stuff into the courtrooms who are sitting in the back. The judge is giving 17 page essays reports and telling people they got to buy it. That was the part that weirded me out. I said, wait, so the judge was like, we know that, that you're, I, I mean, well, judges can do anything they want, unfortunately, within the, the legal ramifications of the law, right? But like, I didn't know that a judge would be like, oh yeah, your punishment is to write me a 17 page essay. What the hell? There is no decorum <laughs> at all. Like, I don't, it, it, it is a circus house on everything that's going on. Like I said, this morning, one of the defense attorneys went was arrested. Like, we can't make this up, you guys. There's so much stuff unfolding um, that it's literally too hard for me to keep up. Um, I've just been seeing the clips. I thought it would be good to kind of bring it in. Again, if you guys remember this trial, they're, they're trying to show a conspiracy that the gang Young Slime Life, which is YSL, is not is is this criminal enterprise that is behind drugs, murder, um, uh, drug trafficking, gun trafficking, this whole thing um, under a veil of being a music record label. Listen, I don't know what's true or what not what's not true, but what we can see plainly is that these defense attorneys are doing the utmost for their clients. I if I listen, if utmost, I was, baby. Give me a just give me a good, good, good. I mean I don't even want to say it. I, I can't say it, but give me a new attorney, not this kind. I think though, um, so like if you live in Atlanta and you been in Atlanta, like and you know Atlanta, like, you know, I know Atlanta. So I think that I I I would almost postulate, right, that again, the absurdity of this this trial is to get a mistrial. And I hope so. I I have to admit that I didn't think Young Thug was that smart. Um, I'm gonna be on. I'm just. I'm gonna be a hundred percent no cap in the words of our our, our, our fair juror. I didn't know that he was this smart. <laughs> I never thought we would see the day where a defense attorney is saying that's cap. No cap in an actual legal proceeding. I oh said, my god, it's ridiculous. What is this? What is this? Um. So yeah, I, I again. I, I would say, uh, we talked about this a long time ago, maybe about two, three months ago. And I said, whatever the white folks say, Young Thug and them niggas did, uh, excuse me, whatever, <laughs> whatever them white folks say that YSL did, it's true. Now, however, they have to prove it. And I think that, yeah, this is, this is amazing. I, like I said, if I need a TV show. I need like a full-blown documentary. Yes, hundred like, percent. I, I I need um, Aaron Magruder to make a Boondocks like five-piece series on this because this is this is I can't. It's just somebody you can't make this up. Netflix immediately. <laughs> right? Their best documentary 
I matter of fact, you know who I want to do this? I want uh I want the guy, I'm gonna think of his name, but super cool white boy from Georgia. He has a, a podcast that got Adnan Salim released from jail in Baltimore. I can't think of uh, I can't think of the podcast right now, but it's on Apple Podcasts. It's really great. I need him to do it. I need him to do it. We need somebody great to do it, and we need this to be aired on Netflix. So everyone, I would like access. I would like uh, once I check him out. The white boy actually does. What? Plus Aaron McGruder. I want that dream team. We need we White need Boy Converge Boy. to go ahead and jump on this. Converge, we're gonna tap him. Big O is in the studio. We're gonna talk to him. I we live here. Do it ourselves. I know people. Call me. <laughs> Let's do it. Look, can we get the cameras in the courtrooms? Right now. We gotta start putting this story together because it's given what's going on. Um, but yeah, we we'll see. I mean, there listen, there's no there is no clear path forward on how this is going to go. Uh, clap back have, evening. I was going to say they won't have jurors till August. They're, August. If, if they get, it, I mean, that's monster. that's insane. It's insane. insane. If you know law, that is insane. That's insane. I'm surprised <laughs> move the proceedings into a different county. Another county, right? That was the only thing that makes sense. But it couldn't be any of the surrounding counties that make up Atlanta. So there's like 20 of them that's out the book. So you have to go like further into deep red Georgia, which then one could argue. Yeah, they can. But I mean, but why haven't they? I just, I don't know. I, I to your point, JC. I think this is a part of the process. They don't want to move it because I think the likelihood that somebody that knows YSL or the affiliates, they could be a juror to cause for a mistrial or a dismissal of the case. Correct. Or not guilty charges. One of the two. Uh, you know, at first I thought they were going to throw him under the jail, but the way this is going, I would not be surprised if he would if he's home by Christmas. Right. So man, free thugger. <laughs> Um, All right, y'all. Last story of the evening, the clap back for sure. We got a short clip. I want to talk to you guys about the devastation of Ralph Yarl, the 16-year-old boy that was shot trying to pick up his little brother and sister. Let's take a look. Tonight at 6 o'clock, another 13 News exclusive. The father of Ralph Yarl, that 16-year-old who was shot last Thursday in Kansas City, is speaking exclusively with 13 News tonight. Meantime, Andrew Lester pleaded not guilty a few hours ago during his initial court appearance. Lester is the 84-year-old man who's accused of shooting the teenager. The Yarl uh, mistakenly went to the wrong home to pick up his siblings. The homeowner is white. The teenager is black. So the teen's dad lives here in Indianapolis, and today he talked with our Jenny Runovich about the charges now filed against the shooter. Paul Yarl just returned home to Indianapolis from a Kansas City hospital and has seen no parent wants to witness. His oldest boy critically wounded by bullets. So to see him in a bed fighting for his life, 
should I be in debt? Paul is equally stunned by the circumstances. 16-year-old Ralph Yarl was trying to pick up his younger brothers when he went to the wrong home and rang the doorbell. In response, police say the homeowner, 84-year-old Andrew Lester, pulled a gun and shot the teen in the arm and in the head. My first reaction was, what? It's like, wow, he didn't deserve it. The homeowner claimed he thought Ralph was trying to break in. If you think he's a threat, why couldn't you call 911? How can you call the police? Prosecutors believe there's a racial component to this case. Ralph's dad agrees and wants criminal consequences. I am relieved that charges were filed because, not just because of Ralph, because of the next kid. Like, if there were no charges and he will let go, who knows the next kid that will come to the same house, the same neighborhood, who knows what will happen to them? For now, he's focused on Ralph's recovery. He needs me now, more than ever. Planning to go back to Kansas City to help him heal. In Indianapolis, Jenny Renovich, 13 News. <sighs> okay, well, um, Lester pleaded not guilty to the charges of assault in the first degree in armed criminal action. He's out on $200,000 bail. He's due back in court on June 1st. But the fact that he's even released on bond is crazy to me. Um, what are your thoughts on this, JC? I mean, 16 years old, he literally went to the wrong house by, like, if it was Potomac Avenue, if it was Potomac Avenue versus Potomac Road, like he went, he needed to pick up his brother and sister on Potomac Road, but went to Potomac Avenue. So the GPS took him to the wrong house. Such a simple mistake to go and knock on the door in the middle of the night. I don't see how he's going to get past these criminal charges. If someone comes knocking on your door and you just shoot out of them, I don't understand how that's lawful. I want to know... I want to know the specifics, like, right? Like, did he shoot through the door? Was the door open? Like, you know what I'm saying? He shot like, through I'm, the screen door. He shot through the, so he opened the door, saw it was a black boy, and then opened fire. So I'm not sure if if the door, if the main door was closed before or after, but I do know that it's being reported that he shot through a screen door. Okay. Because I just, my mind likes to think about the devil's advocate of it all. And mm -hmm. so it's like, all of this sounds about white. Let me just say that. Old white man shoots young black boy who knocks on door. This is not surprising if this was, what, 70, 60, 50 years, 40 years ago, we wouldn't be hearing about, we wouldn't be talking about the story right now. So that's not even a thing. But I think if I'm thinking about the other side of the prosecution or what's the hold on so the homeowner is saying Lester's. yeah so the homeowner is saying this jc and maybe this will give you a little more context to get your your opinion the homeowner is saying that he was scared for his life right and he was scared for his life due to the boy's size he came he knocked on the door but that he didn't exchange words with with the child but that he was scared to death because of the boy's size. He thought he was breaking in. This kid is under six feet tall and 157 pounds soaking wet. Okay. Okay. Again, and that's, 
And that's why I'm asking, like, was the door open or did he shoot through the door, right? Because it's like, if you feared for your life, why did you open the door, right? If that's the case, if he opened the door, however, if he shot through the door, there could, depending on Indiana state laws, there could be some sort of... Well, let me ask you this. If you're home, it's a summer night, and you got your screen, your sit, your door is open and the screen is closed. Maybe you're sitting strapped and someone comes and knocks on your door. Is your initial thought, whether the person is black, blue, gray, or purple, 300 pounds or 150 pounds, is your first thought to shoot before speaking? Are you going to, I mean, wouldn't you take the time to assess the situation before just shooting? Because they didn't, the homeowner, they never exchanged any words. Right. And so, and and that's, and that's, and that's my, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like how much discernment or discretion, if any, was used before you fired your gun? And and that to me, I think is the biggest, that to me is, is, is what will nail him to the coffin. Because if I am law enforcement, I have to announce myself, right? Correct. If, I mean, prosecutors are going to have a hell of a time charging this guy in court because he's 84 years old. That's the part right there. He's old. <laughs> That's and, that part right there that you can fall back on. You're going to use the fact that he didn't have all his faculties, this, that, and the third. But I mean, you're sitting in your home. Are you just sitting there strapped? Like, how long? I mean, again, we don't have all the details to this case, but I'd be interested to see, are you, I mean, did you get up, go grab your gun? And then, I mean, but why would you shoot without speaking? Why wouldn't it be like, get off my porch or I'm going to shoot you? Because it's like- The door. Right, If because if someone knocks on my door, I'm gonna look out the people, right? And so if, if you look out the people and you see it's a black person and you feel the way you feel, about what you feel and you shoot, that's that's intent, is it not? And so, but again, this is my question, like what was done before the shots were fired? Like this is this is what I wanna know, right? And, and we'll, we'll have to see what comes out in trial for that um, because the homeowner is not, well, excuse me, the, the the reports are not saying what happened up until that point. And I think that'll be all a, all be revealed um, as we dig further into the investigation. But for this guy to be out on bail, out on bond is ridiculous to me because he clearly is a danger to the community. Um, if if you're going to just shoot somebody in the head and the arm because they come and ring your doorbell. Community. Ciao. Listen, honey. And there it is. <laughs> the Who's Community. And uh, that's our show. I, I like that. Harry Jefferson, so he's too incoherent to function, but he's not too, too incoherent to shoot a black child to shoot him again once he's on the ground. Right? And so who, who's community? Right? Because who who is the judge that is going to allow? Because again, the argument is 85 years old, he's not a flight risk, give him bail. Where is he going? Right? And, and to the youth community. 
to our community. He's he's 85 years old. He's good. We're going to take his firearm. He can just sit at home. He's put up, you know, to, uh, if his bond was 200000 and he only had to put up 10%, that's nothing. I mean, he won't even lose. It's a drop in the bucket. Um, I don't know. We'll come back uh, next week. We'll, we'll bring you some more details. But Ben Crump and them got a lot of work to do. <laughs> John King and them got a lot of work to do, okay? This institute of racism is dogging us out. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's doing its job. Man. It's doing its job. It's doing its job. I I'm mean, you know. Um, I'm throwing in the proverbial towel. All right, y'all. Well, <laughs> Listen, not not the most uplifting and upbeat show tonight. The, the t- I mean, it's a dreary kind of day. Thank God it's four twenty. If it, you know, somebody's gonna go and get high. Not me, but you know. Not me. Unfortunately, not me. Not <laughs> just, me. If you're participating, go ahead and take the edge off. This world is crazy. Maybe we should just all give in. Or not. Have an extra me proper extra something for me. God knows I need it. After my day. Cheers to you, Emily. Like like you said, Emily saying this the good times still cheer me up. Cheers to that. Oh, okay. Well I'm still drinking tea. <laughs> All right. Well look you guys, JC, when we're not here on Clapback Culture, where can they find you? Uh you guys can find me at VOVT Network and that's my uh business page. And you guys can find me on my personal page at JC from VOVT. I keep it simple. All right, and I'm your girl Jules Jesse. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J U L E S. Please pull up, follow me. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. Until then, I'm your host. I'll see you next week. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.